Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray. Ivy. Ivy. I'm a little bit tired, right? I know, because we're doing this earlier than usual. Well, yeah, and I've had, I'm not going to lie, a busy few days. Yeah, yeah. Like a ping pong, like, like I keep saying ping pong ball when I go to say pinball machine ball. It's been a great, great couple of weeks of bouncing about, but for some reason, as I look into your beautiful eyes, Hi. I've just been hit by that truck of tired. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your travel. So you went to Bathurst, but not for the actual races, because... Well, this is it. I had a, a Rello Bash on... On Saturday and uh, semi-work thing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. You've, you've known this for years now, but I've got to go. Like, I've got to go once every year. I've got to go. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I have to go. I have to touch it. I have to be there. I'm jealous of your passion for it, to be honest. I'm jealous of people's passion for anything. I'm jealous <laughs> for that thing when people are like, you know what, I need to drive yeah. hours to get somewhere because I just need to smell it, taste it, see it, be there. Yeah. There's nothing in my life apart from maybe corn chips, you know, that <laughs> elicits that kind of reaction in my body. Really? Yeah, nothing. I have nothing like that. I feel devoid of passion in that regard. Well, see, I, this is the thing. I don't know if it's a connection to, as I've talked about before, you know, going with Dad and it's, you know, the touchstone of old times. Mm. But I am now at that little moment where I love doing the things I love in person rather than just saying it or watching from the sidelines and also sort of, you know, in the same way you're a yes person, yeah. like I'm a yeah, f- it, why not mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So my logic is that it's like, okay, I know I've only got three hours. Yeah. I've only got a three-hour window to physically be at Bathurst. But what can I bend and twist and move to get that three-hour window to happen? So straight after the show, in the car. Oh, at night. Yeah, straight up there. I knocked on. Now, this is the thing. We've got two beautiful friends, Kate and Dave, who, who were there. Never stayed at their place before. So the first time I ever stayed at their house, I knocked on their door at 1.30. <laughs> That's good friends. It's just, that's, that's good friends. And then that wonderful moment where, and this is like, I love this about friends when they juggle their house so you can sleep over, right? So they've got a little boy, William, who's just so beautiful. <laughs> little boy, William. You know what? I'm in William's room. William got the porter cot in the lounge room. Bless. You know what I think about the post-witching hour of the night? They are the realm of the true friendship. Yeah. If you've got people in your life that you can call at 3 a.m. because you're in trouble or you can knock on their door post-midnight, because usually by social standards, 9.30s you cut off. Yeah, 9.30s. Whoa, jeez. Oh, God, that's whoa. a bit late. But yeah. when you're in that realm of friendship where at one thirty you can be all... Correct. Is there any room at the inn? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's true friendship. But my thing is, I would frankly be more irritated if you rang me at 8 in the morning yeah. than 3 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. like, well, you'd still be up. <laughs> yeah, correct. Like, I've always... This is the thing. I'm a night guy, yeah. and there is this world that exists. One day we should do a radio show that's... Like, I love the late, super late night stuff, right? Mm-hmm. No, you don't, but I'll give you some, you know, some special <laughs> special sauce yes, that'll yes. keep you up. Mm-hmm. Because... This is this time when people are driving trucks. There's no one up, in my view, at 
three in the morning Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to be up at three in the morning. Yeah. i got a little personal story about that that I'll bring up later in the podcast, but I want to keep going on your weekend. So you went to Bathurst, you've knocked on the door, you've had a little sleep in, you've woken up in the morning to go. The locals, of course, about Bathurst, it's it's like any of those big roll-in festivals. Like 20 years ago, it was a cluster of drunk people and weirdness. (laughs) But now they just go, man, it's busy, whatever. But everyone knows they can make a killing. So there are people who just piss off from their house and will rent it out for two grand. Oh, yeah. Two grand for the weekend. They go, Why wouldn't you? How good's this? Why wouldn't you? Exactly. So then, you know, uh, went to went to the track, did a little hot lap, which was awesome. Uh, and then HRT, the, the Holden Racing people, I'm so lucky that I met the right people there because I get to go into the pits with the team headphones, headphones on, literally talking to the mechanics, talking to the engineers, talking to the drivers, as if you were, you know, the million-dollar sponsor of the team. So you know what that would be like for me? That would be like I had sat down at a meeting of the UN and put the wrong interpreter's <laughs> headphones on. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Let me bring up my experience with 3am. I've done something over the weekend. What were you wearing? (laughs) It would be a better story. But I've done something over the weekend that I need to work out if I've been socially incorrect. Did you find Jesus? Who knew? He's behind the couch like everything else. (laughs) Uh, So I went to a friend's birthday party on the weekend. And you know I'm not a great drinker. No. Love a few drinks, but a couple of drinks you around the table. You get a little giggly at dinner, I'm not going to yes, lie. Yes, absolutely. Of, yeah, when the teeth start turning purple. Turning purple. There's a little giggle, a little ha. Ah. Yes, and I'm happy to keep on going, have a good time, have a laugh, but I'm sort of past your drinking games, mm. drinking to get smashed oh, kind yeah, of stuff. You, you right? don't strike me, you never strike me as the uh, Maduri chugging spewer. <laughs> no. You don't, you don't quite <laughs> no. scream. I'm a bit past the spew stage, right? Yeah, so I went up to this uh, birthday and had a great old time, but, you know, Nana Corbett gets to her limit and she's done, you yeah, know? It's 11 o'clock. It's literally 11 o'clock. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, mm. But were you doing that thing where you're sending a million signals that you're getting tired? Where, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to go get changed. Oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do there is There is a long process when one stays with the Corbet. Yeah. Where we all know it's It's winding down. It's winding down. I think I was not participating enough for people to realise that I was probably about to go to bed. So it was 11 o'clock and I went to bed. And the party, everyone was having a rocking time, but the party was a party. Yeah. I mean, it was really, we're talking this. I was genuinely surprised the neighbours hadn't come on because the speakers, the music, yeah, it was at that vibration stage. (laughs) On the floor. On the floor. And the dance floor was in the room directly below the bedroom that I had. So the beats were literally kind of moving my internal organs. Yeah, this is this is amazing. Exactly. So I'm upstairs in bed. I went to bed at eleven o'clock. Then I hear 12 o'clock come round because there was another guy that was there at the party whose birthday it was. He t- his, he had the birthday. Happy birthday! I thought, okay, it's now 12 o'clock. I know that. Come on, enough of that. Another two hours passed. Ooh. It was 2.30 in the morning and I'm talking this music is still blaring. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. There's drinking games going on. And I had this moment where I thought, okay, I'm an hour and a half from home. I've got to go. I'm going to phantom from this party. Good girl. So I packed my bag. I took off my PJs. I put on my Chucky Dax. Slowly. 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 Which leg first? <laughs> I then 
had that moment where I raced to the door because I didn't want anyone to see me because I thought that my options were this. Be Big storm out. Never going to happen. No. You know it's not my no. style. My other option was being that 34-year-old that comes down and says, excuse me, guys, could you turn the music down? No, 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 no. it's not my place. No. These guys are having a rockin' old time. The fact that I don't want to stay up till 3 a.m. drinking out of a goon bag does not mean that that should not go on, Correct. right? This needs to be one of those classic if a tree falls in the wood moments. I don't need to be here to hear it. Correct. This is one of those ones where you get out and then if you want to, send a text to the host the next morning, sorry, had to pull the pin. Exactly. So I've run to the door, then I've had a moment where I thought, oh my God, I've forgotten one of my bags. So I've run back and I'm having in my mind this moment where I think, oh, one of the party goers is going to go to the toilet at this exact moment. And as soon as someone discovers I'm leaving, it's going to be a massive deal. Or they're playing musical chairs and they're going to press pause. Yes. At exactly the moment that you've gone, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, it's just, I need to, I'm sorry. This is it. So I just need, knew I needed to get out. So I've gotten finally gotten out of the house. I've snuck out. I'm sitting in the car. It's 2 in the morning. I've got an hour and a half drive ahead of me. I'm thinking to myself, I have this moment where before I start the car, I think to myself, is this nuts? Am I nuts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, know? it's a long drive, I've got to say, because the thing is, is that you'd still be, you, I mean, in your case, you'd be very teddy by 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. There's a certain, like, I need to go to sleep. It's amazing how frustration coursing through every fibre of your being wakes you up. <laughs> I was wide awake at 2.30 in the morning after three and a half hours of lying there staring at the walls. So you think that rather than a Kit Kat and a coffee, that from now on, Stop, Revive, Survive, the driver reviver stations should just be... A, a bunch of pissed people dancing to really loud music. <laughs> so I've gotten on in the car and I've driven home an hour and a half. I got home at 4am, got into my bed, thank the Lord baby Jesus. And I feel like this is something that David Copperfield could have taken on board in his disappearing acts. Make sure your audience is wasted and they'll have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I was out of there. They had no clue. Oh. No clue that I'd gone. I was actually sharing a bed with a friend of oh, mine. Oh, hang on. You buried the lead. <laughs> okay, first things first. Older okay. or younger? Younger. Okay, blonde or brunette? Blonde. Really? Yeah, she's good. Really? What she's would good. Uh, what would I notice about her? <laughs> no, I'm not. the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, breaking news. Breaking news. All right, now, the medical journal, otherwise known as cracked.com. <laughs> yes. Has come up with a listicle, as they all do. Six things you never believe would make you horny. They're okay. really scraping the bottom of the so barrel I'm t- now. So this this is a medical journal. Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. Rach? I also wonder about those lists where they've just made up. Like, I think if you're going to do a list, it's either got to be a 5, a 10, a 20. The odd numbers. Yeah, seven things that you never knew about mm. something. It's the like... The 13 reasons I'm going to trick you into reading this article. <laughs> exactly. You know, all of that shit. All right, what's going to make me horny? Tell me. At number six, brain trauma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had doubts about this article. Now I'm all in. Now you're all I in. I'm all in. Okay. Okay. Now th- this this medical <laughs> journal has conflated a story where its author was walking the dog. The, the dog at one point got a hit in the head with a soccer ball and then got an erection. <laughs> QED. <laughs> I, just, I just thought you should know. Wow. Okay. okay, that is that is scientific research. That is the kind of research that climate change deniers base their theories on. <laughs> Number five. Yeah. Are the things that unsurprisingly make you horny. Grief. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Okay, great. What's this based on? Okay, now according... Do I want to know? According to the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy... Does that exist? I don't think so. That sounds like the Pons Institute to me. Does that exist? There is a link between grief and your libido. Don't tell me that they found this out by somebody at an open casket. They just... (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. I was doing the Today Show this morning and I had an interesting moment. Why there's a little... A little look. A little sparkle in the eye. God, you look good today. Do I? You do. Thanks. I've been home and had a shower. I wash all the TV off me well, before I do anything with the rest of my day because I look ridiculous. Well, maybe it's the out damn spot nature. What's that? Isn't that, isn't that a Shakespeare thing? Out damn spot out. Oh. Somebody's trying to get rid of blood or something. I don't remember. <laughs> so there's just me thinking you're in the shower going, oh, I need to wash the TV. Get rid of the TV. Get rid of the makeup. That's, I don't want to be a makeup girl. That's pretty much what happens. You know I'm a bit frightened of makeup. So I was sitting in the chair getting the makeup done and the delightful Georgie Garner, who's a lovely, lovely lady, was sitting next to me. We were having a bit of a chat. And then somebody walked in and started having a conversation with her but was seated behind my makeup chair. So I couldn't see who it was. But they were having a little chat about dogs. And then I kind of worked out that the voice sounded familiar and I worked out that it was Dr. Katrina... Warren. Warren. Well, oh, we're a fan. One of my great... <laughs> Go-to. Celebrity marks. Like, really? Because I think we're roughly the same age and I've always thought there was a sliding doors moment where somehow if magically I became unmarried if magically I lost 30 kilos if magically I was able to get anywhere near her I would make a play Wow, I never would have picked that. You know, the funny thing is that she's one of those women that has been in media for a long time. Yeah, so I think she was a Burke's Backyardie. Yeah. And then it became the Harry's Practice yes. thing. Yes. Which, by the way, they show at 2 o'clock in the morning. Do they? Uh, Channel 7 shows all episodes of Harry's Practice. So often, you know, when I come home late after work or carrying on or whatever, and the telly's on, um, yeah. so Sean feels that she's married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to have company, yep. Yeah. It's <laughs> Harry's Practice on. What a waste of TV time. Oh. Especially, it's not in 16 by 9, but a trifling distraction. Oh, is it really? How's, how's Katrina looking? So Katrina, actually, I was one of those things where I looked at her and she looks exceptionally young. And I had this moment where I thought, oh, hang on a second. You've been on TV for a long time. You must be older, but she must have just started really young. But I think I think we're roughly around the same Right, because she looks great. She yeah. really did, is did, in did good she, shape. Did you talk about me? No, no, she didn't talk about it. But, but she was talking about dog braids, unsurprisingly. <laughs> okay. You know, when I often wonder with people who have an area of expertise when that's all anybody ever wants to talk to them about. And My brother-in-law's he- a mechanic and he says, never tell anyone <laughs> what you do for a job. This is it. Because all they were talking about was uh, pets. Mm. Now, the, the interesting thing about this situation was that as Georgie and Katrina were talking... I couldn't see anything in the mirror. Like my chair was so big that I could just notice that she'd taken a seat behind my chair and so she was sitting there. And I could smell the distinct smell of dog, right? And I'm thinking in my head, oh, that's a bit unfortunate. Dr. (laughs) Katrina Warren (laughs) smells like dog. I'm thinking, oh, I guess it makes sense. She works a lot with animals. But then I started sort of going through the thing in my head. I'm thinking, God, it's a vet or somebody that works closely with animals, you'd just have to be on more on top of that, wouldn't you? Oh, I mean, absolutely. You'd, you'd have to be aware of the fact that that might The happen. occupational hazard is by spending all this time around wet, sick, insert animals that a chance it may rub off This on is you. it. I'm not suggesting that she goes around with one of those cabby trees around her neck. Here comes the butt, people. 
<laughs> but I was just thinking to myself, one needs to be a little more attentive to their personal hygiene. So, okay, so you're in this scenario where you're at Channel 9. You've got Georgie Gardner to... Katrina Warren behind me in, in the chair. In the room and the judgment. This is it, right? So this is what's going through my head. Until I thank the makeup lady very kindly for her services and get up and realise that Dr. Katrina Warren has brought a dog into the makeup room. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Permission to tell slightly douchey, but I don't mean it to be douchey showbiz story. Yeah, please. Just a little tinky one. It would be my absolute pleasure just, to be on the receiving end just, of it. Just a little tinky <laughs> one. Um, I was in Brisbane yesterday and got the chance to uh, interview William Shatner. If this is going to be a weekly occurrence, I'm really <laughs> going to have to work out a way to bring something to the table in this regard. <laughs> you know, for so many podcasts, we've had zero celebrity influence, and now two weeks in a row, you've got Gene Simmons and William Shatner. But You're doing well. I just don't know what happens next. Yeah, that's true. I reckon it's, it's about three weeks before we get to Hulk Hogan and then I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, the thing I love about old school celebrities mm. is how professional they are and how they get it. Right? Yeah. Your, uh, your reality TV, your, you know, Tim from The Bachelor, all of these people who just think, well... It's all coming up, Millhouse. Mm-hmm. And you go, dude, you ain't going to be nowhere. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. The other day I heard an interview with, what's his name, Altian Childs. Remember the bloke who used to live in the cave? <laughs> yeah. And then he won X Factor and, and nothing else happened? Started dating a fan. And then, I mean, it was just, that was a whole bunch of messed up. We should have known when the cave bit happened. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> but it's like, you know, silver platter. And this is the thing, the fast track of fame, these people never get it. P.S., What's happened to him? Where is he at? What was the interview about? I think he was blowing up about how Ronan Keating was his mentor but wasn't really his mentor for that long. It was seven years I, ago. I, I, Get exactly, over it. Exactly. And it was this thing where I think they – I remember – I think it was 15 Whipper and they replayed part of the, the chat with Altie and Childs to Ronan Keating. And Ronan Keating clearly is like, give a Wow. You know, I got paid to be on a TV show. Yes, I mentored him for the eight weeks that I have to. But guess what? I couldn't care. Like, whatever. It's not part of my thing. Mm. But this guy, I just want to tell you about one little moment with William Shatner. So we sit there, we chat, blah, 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 blah. And I remembered that he was on the cover of Cigar Aficionado, right? You've done very well two weeks in a row with celebrities and obscure pieces of information. This has really gotten you on board with Gene Simmons. He's loved you for your how about you supporting all those kids in Africa. And now you've pulled out the Cigar Aficionado bit. Was he impressed? Loved it. So he's just looked and gone, how good is this? So we sort of talk about smoking. And then I thought, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll give him a smoke out of my pocket. So I've just gone, look, Bill... From me to you, this is my favourite smoke. Aficionado to aficionado. Correct, mm. correct. And mm. I've just had, and the look on his face was just like, how good's this? Is yeah. fantastic. And we just started talking. And you know, none of this is going to go to where. Yeah, yeah. We're of just course. wasting everyone's yeah, time yeah, having yeah. a good old fashioned chat about smokes. Anyway, end of the interview. This is the sign of class. This is the sign of the guy who means forever I will go, I love William Shatner, I think he's awesome, right? Is at the end of the interview, we shake hands, have a little chat, have a little laugh, and as he's walking out the room, he turns back towards me and says, I hope I enjoy this smoke as much as I enjoyed our chat. Oh, what a professional. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. 
I just want to go back to William Shatner because I don't think we're done. I think there's more than just that cigar chat. But the thing that that cigar thing has made me realize that happens in all of those interviews, the reality, and we've spoken to, about this a million times now, me in particular, of the Sausage Factory mm. interview with a celebrity. They're punished. They're awful. They're so you go into these scenarios essentially expecting a slap in the face. And if you get anything short of that, like you could get poked in the ribs, <laughs> you know, you could get kneed in the ball. You're like, oh, thank you so much. Can I have some more? So if, a, if the celebrity is nice to you, you genuinely cannot shake the feeling that you want to be their best friend yeah, for the rest of time. Because the, you already have the familiarity yeah. of, of all of their work and then you go, we're having a moment Exactly. Here. And you honestly... Sure, they're mentioning their album a lot. That's it. You honestly think for a small moment in your mind, when I see them again, they'll remember me. And the really horrible thing that happens quite often when you're doing a regular show is that that star will inevitably be in another film at the same time you're on air and you'll go in and you'll expect that you'll pick up where they left off and they have no idea who no. you are. None. No. They barely remember the city. Yeah, exactly. Let alone the specificity of yeah. you being there. But there was this lovely moment when, and believe it or not, you have always influenced me when it comes to talking to the celebs. Do a little research. Just very do, important. I don't do much. Very on much important. Because, you know, I'm grazing everywhere else. But yeah. just have a little research. Yeah. Anyway, so I was talking to him. I found this quote when Leonard Nimoy, Spock from Star Trek, died, mm-hmm. that he said one of the things that's really sad about a, a lifelong friend, and this was essentially his longest relationship of his life, was he has now lost the person who can validate all his memories. Oh, it's a very actor thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like their death is about me, but still. You could just watch the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because they had gone through, you know, his wife died, uh, um, love life, all, all of this mm, amazing mm, stuff. Mm. And we talked, we talked a lot about male friendship because there's, I don't know, did, were you a fan of Boston Legal at all? Never watched it. Oh, the, the final scene of most episodes was William Shatner and James Spader sharing a cigar on the, the balcony, just having a little conversation about life. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just, you know, always a postscript to an episode. There was something about their friendship that was born out through this little thing. So we started talking about male bonds and male friendships and, and, and how it works and what he misses and doesn't miss. And he, he said this thing to me where, again, those rare moments where you're a stranger, so in the same way that, you know, you can be incredibly honest with a stranger in another city mm-hmm. is that he turned around and, and he said, oh, you know, Leonard Nimoy, he said, I, I never had a childhood friend. I'd, I'd never had a friend that I kept all the way through my life. Have you had one of those? I said, yeah, I've got a couple. But I've got one that I've known since I was three. It's like, really? How does that work? And it's that moment where you turn around and you go, it is amazing the number of people who high-performing in sport, business, showbiz, and particularly in America, I think, because... In Australia, you generally speaking will stay in your city mm-hmm. or in and around it for most of your life. Yeah. Whereas in America... You go to college, it's a, you move yeah. all the time. It's a part of life. Yeah, uni's the other side of yeah. the world. This is cool, this is cool. Mm. And then so we had this lovely warm moment and then I had a second interview with uh, with Campbell Newman, who's the former Queensland Premier. And then... Just, Gee, just, what a change of pace. Just a little clunk, clunk, gear. <laughs> clunk, 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 clunk. He didn't get a smoke, but we were having a good old chat. And then the cameraman turned around at the end of the interview and says to Campbell Newman and me, hey guys, can you help me uh, just move the bed that's in the corner? <laughs> So literally at the end of the interview is me and Campbell Newman lifting a queen-sized bed. It's important to be brought back down to earth. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au.
wanted to have a quick discussion about Airbnb. Do you no. use this? No. no okay. Sorry. Fair point. It was probably boring anyway. Um. <laughs> that's when the sting kicked in. And that's it. I should have edited that in. I should have put that in. Uh, so... Airbnb, do you use it? Yeah, love it. I use it a lot too. I enjoy it. I am unsure if I would ever rent my house out on Airbnb if I had anything above two bedrooms. Really? Why? I tell you why. We went to this house on the weekend at the party that I did the incredible smoke bomb from in the middle of the night, uh, <laughs> and it was a 12-bed house, right? So it's a big house. These houses, these Central Coast houses Ridiculous. that go on and on and on forever. And there's part of you that goes, one day if I won, if I worked hard enough or I won lotto, I'd love to live here. No, but then you realise that to actually fund it, you've got to rent it out all the time on Airbnb. Correct. And if you have a house with 12 beds in it and it's got a pool and it's lakeside views, mm. as much as you want that one line on your Airbnb profile that says, not a party house, mm. to be true. Nobody takes 12 people anywhere yeah, correct. if they're not intending <laughs> on having a party. Correct. You would lock many doors yeah. and simply say, storage, 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 because exactly. that's what screams family or couples get away. But 12 people, 12 Tw- people and a pool and a view just out of town screams, this is it. So they were very, very clear in the instructions talking to my mate, this is not a party house. And what is my mate going to say? Oh, please. We're just a bunch of young professionals looking to get away for the weekend. I'm sorry. Sure, we brought a trailer of alcohol. This is it. Young professionals do not go away to somebody else's house and bring 12 people unless they intend to trash it. Correct. So we've rolled up in this house and not only is there a pool with a coloured light inside that flickers from one to the next. They have got the most gigantic speaker system I have ever seen that when you turn it on, it flashes coloured lights at you like a Moby disc. <laughs> what about this is not a party yeah, house? Yeah, what part? If, I tell you what, if you've got multiple floors with multiple toots on those floor, including toots that are clearly just there mm. for the convenience of going from the rumpus room to the toilet, yeah. that's a party house. It is a party house. I watched some stuff go down in that joint. Mm. That as the owner of said establishment, you wouldn't want to know. And sure, there's Windex and Ajax (laughs) and all sorts of things and vacuums that can in some way... Paper over it. Paper over the fact that there is shame in your house now and guilt and just bad behaviour. Correct. I'll never forget when a similar place uh, that that we got on the Central Coast from my brother's Bucks, there was... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, one of his mates who was pissed, God love him, but one of his mates who was pissed, who's just walked out (laughs) of the toilet and gone up to the tapestry on the wall and got, and started drying his hands off. This is the thing. How any- You can't have nice things. No, you can't have anything nice. And I am always surprised any time I go to any of those group houses with 12 or more beds and I turn up and there's any furniture in it. Yes, you know? yes. Anything. Because I think to myself, the only responsible thing to do as the owner of this joint is to leave it as though it is having people through for viewings. Do not put a thing in here. Do not put 
put anything. No couches because they're going to get spilled on. No carpet. Forget oh, about oh, the no. carpet. You need tiles that you can hose down. This is it. The shit that people were trampling through this beige carpet. Oh, stop it. Beige. And nobody at the end of a weekend of getting drunk when they have to be out at 10 a.m. is going to go, do you know what, guys? I'm just going to get up really early so I can go and buy some carpet cleaner and make sure these stains are gone. Everybody goes, it's 10 a.m., guys. Let's just leave it as it was. Check our piece out. Yeah, but also it's like, okay, I, I understand the let's go nuts in a hotel room thing, but they're sort of built in some ways for a bit of durable this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. The house somebody wants to retire to. <laughs> I just Again, I just don't understand this, this thing where do what you want outside, do what you want on the deck, mm. but why inside? I know, I know. It's crazy. I have no idea why anybody would ever rent this stuff out. Okay, now get ready to beep here. Okay. What was the most shameful thing that happened in the house? Oh, God. Did somebody take a dump in the aquarium? (laughs) No. There was a moment where I thought to myself, you know what? I'm out here. And that was when they started playing a game that involved... (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, three things I've got to talk about this week that all involve silliness behind the wheel, okay? okay? One of them is that a 12-year-old boy in the UK, a 12-year-old boy was arrested for driving a car. How was he getting away with driving the car? He put a booster seat in to try oh. and make himself look like an adult. Bless the booster seat. The, the only thing that, you know, 12-year-olds that put a booster seat uh, in the car forget is that your face still looks like you're seven. Your dimensions <laughs> are still little. Yeah, They're not yeah. going to go, oh, it's a pygmy. Yeah. I didn't realise, do you ever see, I often see, when I go to pubs and you see those kids that have just turned 18 yeah. and when I just turned 18 and started going to pubs I thought I looked so old and you see 18 year old kids and you're like wow at 18 you look 12 this is my thing I don't know and I look forward to this quote being taken out of context <laughs> yeah. I can't tell the difference oh. between 19 and 13 no idea I can't tell it no anymore no idea at all neither. we've got a baby coming in hi hello. baby hi do you want to do some podcasting hey darling sweetie say hello Oh, she's pulling it over. Say hello. She's going to be a heavy breather. (laughs) (laughs) You know those people you get in the elevators with who are like... Look at her father. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) The second one was a woman in the United States who, (laughs) when she was pulled over by the cops, jumped into the passenger seat. What did she do with the thing that was in the passenger seat? She put it behind the wheel. What was the thing that she moved from the passenger seat to the driver's seat? Her dog. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you? You know what? The perfect crime. I appreciate the logic that goes into one's head when one's in a panic. You know, those are the real moments where you separate the mildly intelligent from the completely and utterly dumb it's re- you know it's absurd like how in your brain you go yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it was like what what was it gonna happen oh, how, how, how does it play out for half a second was this gonna work license and registration officer i tried to stop him <laughs> <laughs> he's just so persistent <laughs> you're listening to paul and rach I've gotten to an interesting point in the relationship with 2.0. Oh, oh. is it that point again? (laughs) I hope not. No, Uh, come on. Oh, sweetie. (laughs) 
No, next week on the podcast, 3.0. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I am learning about this with everyone else. So we are obviously in a long-distance relationship. We see each other once every fortnight. But this weekend I'm going down to Melbourne because we've got a friend of his wedding. Oh, oh, you know what that means. What? Lingerie from Rachel. What? From me? Yeah. To who? To, to the, to, what's his, to 2.0? To 2.0? <laughs> why yeah. do I have to give him lingerie? Well, because, why not? It's a surprise. Oh, no. Well, you're not just going to turn up there just wearing shapewear and then at the end of the night every year, because you're a little, after a wedding, everyone gets a little bit lovey dovey. Oh, lovey-dovey. Saucy. Don't you? Everyone's like, oh, I love you so much. Come here. Yeah, and but. And then as soon as they're shapewear involved, you know. <laughs> he loves me enough to get my normal undies. So basically, because it's a wedding and it's a wedding that's at a kind of brewery, but it's apparently a nice brewery, but everybody's going to camp afterwards, so we can't get the level of dress code right. right. So let's be honest here. They have gone for a wedding that'll look good in photos, but is probably not very comfortable for anyone. Well, the issue is that they've issued a very wide dress code. They've basically said what you're comfortable in. Oh, well, okay. Rightio. What, yoga pants? (laughs) Which is the equivalent of saying to somebody... When they're coming over for dinner, don't bring anything. Oh, you you want them to bring something. Correct. Well, just if only they they know the parameters of all of this. You must. I mean, we can't be world is your oyster when it comes to dress code because then all of a sudden you've got somebody turning up in a ball gown and everybody else is in shorts and you're like, I'm embarrassed. But you see, need some kind of framework. Well, see, I do think, though, that this works. This is, this is the one area of... Uh, dress codification that probably works better for women than men. Mostly it works well for men because, let's be honest, formal is the same damn suit you same. wore last time, okay? Time. Uh, semi-casual is, you know... Slacks and a shirt, pr- yeah. Pretty stock standard. But for you, you've got the ability here to, to wear, you know, maxi dress mm-hmm. or, or a, nice, a, nice, a nice little dress which you can accessorise up or accessorise down. The thing we as men lack is the ability to layer... Yes. And to accessorise. Exactly. But I need some assistance, obviously, because this is his friend. He knows them. He knows their vibe. So if we've got a very broad dress code, I need some kind of assistance to work out what I'm going to wear. Naturally, I've got to bring things down in a plane, so I can't bring my whole wardrobe. I've got to get some kind of idea. And unsurprisingly, 2.0 is not 100% across everything that I own in my wardrobe. So, Well, why would he be? (laughs) When I'm wearing so little. Yeah. (laughs) He's only aware of your socks. (laughs) That's it. So what I've had to do today is something quite interesting is I've worn on the Today Show (laughs) the outfit that I intend to wear. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Oh, Rach, there's another one. It's not breaking news level, but there's another one of these things. You know the phenomena of people who find Jesus' face in toast and... Sand and all the rest of it. Mm. Well, somebody has now found Donald Trump's face in butter. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is one of those little travel sachets where literally there's three big dots, which obviously is eye, eye, mouth, and there's puffiness around the dots that are the eyes. You know what? It actually does look like Donald Trump. It looks exceptionally like Donald Trump. That is really genuinely hilarious. That's better than the Jesus in the toast. Yeah, that is way better. You know what? And good on that lady. For As soon as she's torn the top off it, she's looked at it and gone, oh, I can't do anything with this. I also think that that butter would make a better president. (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Is there anything more infuriating to watch 
than somebody that still cut and pastes via the edit menu. Oh. <laughs> you know what? It might be a first world problem, but it's a oh. problem. I was in a class the other night with a teacher who was giving a presentation and we were going through a series of YouTube clips and every single time she wanted, so she had a Word document for a start, mm. which is just about as antiquated as you can get in terms of putting a presentation together, yeah. with a list of links. Now, all <laughs> of these links were hyperlinked. So all she needed to do <laughs> was click on the link and they oh. would automatically open. Oh. But with every single one of those potentially 10 to 15 videos, the process was exactly the same. Mouse drags across the hyperlink. We go up to edit. We press copy. We open up the YouTube <laughs> thing. We put it in. We put the cursor in there. We go up to edit. We press paste. We press space bar very loudly oh. so that it appears like she's doing something without the assistance of a menu. And then we have to scroll through because it doesn't immediately, because she's just put it in the search bar, it doesn't immediately bring up that oh. video. So we have to scroll through the options, no. click on the video. By the way, hyperlink. One of those words that seems like it was you know, a 90s internet word. Yes. It'll take you to the other <laughs> side of the world with information. Like link is where we are now. Yes, but yes. hyperlink. I know. It sounds pretty impressive. I have this thing, though, right, where I think if you are a teacher and you're standing up in a class, you have a – I was going to say is duty it, of care, but I – Well, hang on. I also feel you're going to get racist here. No, I'm not. Are you going to go into, you know, only certain races should teach? No. I'm well, not. you have said that privately. You've said that privately and – I don't want to bear it out publicly, but if that's where we're going, Rach... I have not said that. And look, I think it's a controversial race that you draw the line at, but okay. Oh, come on. Yeah. Is that annoying? Yes, it's annoying. Is it more annoying than cutting and pasting <laughs> via the menu? You're listening to Paul and Rach. I want to tell you one story before we go. No. Uh, okay, forget about it. Every week. Um, every week. I love that you keep at it. Um, so I went to <laughs> yoga the other day. Is this a five-star review? I love that you keep at it. Yeah. <laughs> I download this podcast every week just to check if you're still at it. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of review that we could get. So I went to a yoga class, and the thing about yoga classes is it's usually an hour. I like to get in there. I like to get immediately into a downward dog, and let's get at it quick, smart. But what are we into at the moment? What variation on the downward dog are we currently in? Is it sort of, I don't know, ice bath yoga? <laughs> I haven't tried the anti-gravity dry, yet. Anti-gravity yoga? The anti-gravity Do yoga. Do you colour in while doing it? <laughs> no, but I have got an adult colouring in book. I have <laughs> noticed all these people on Twitter. And the other day, I'm sitting, family function, I've got... And what about this adult colouring in book? Silence, silence, silence. They had one. See, I... I've gone, oh, don't do the shit. So I just became the dickhead having a go at their new hobby. I was ahead of the curve. I haven't picked up a pencil, but I bought it, and now all of a sudden it's everywhere. But let's be honest, that's like books. People just buy them, they don't read them. Yeah, that's true. They just I, have them. I'm just hoping that you can still be relaxed by it just being there, but you're not actually colouring in. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like the bath salts you never open. This, who uses bath salts? But who? The, who gives them as a gift? Yeah. To me, it's a little I have no idea what else to give you and a scratch lotto ticket seemed impersonal. Yeah. So I went to this yoga class and I'm happy with five breaths of set your intention and bring yourself onto the mat. I'm happy Mm. with an om. 
I'm happy with a couple of minutes of motivational speaking. But what I got in this class was usually they say set an intention for the practice. Right? She said, I'm going to lead you through something that will help you to know how to set an intention. 15 minutes later, we were still setting intentions. Now, I'm in the stage where I'm on the mat just cracking one eye open going, how long can this be going? She's reading from a book that she's got notes in. Oh, no. She's saying, I want you to think about something that you want to achieve in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? Close the your eyes. The end of this course? <laughs> to go home? That's it. Then I want you to think on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely you are to achieve that goal. Right now, about <laughs> minus 4. Zero, yep. About minus 4, sweetie. <laughs> then I want you to think about what is limiting you in achieving this goal. You. <laughs> and then I want you to think... On a scale of one to ten, <laughs> uh, how you know much you think you can stop the thing that's stopping you from achieving? Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, it didn't end there. You wait till it got to the stage where she was starting to say, "I will give you an example. My father doesn't love me <laughs> <laughs> because he because he is an alcoholic Ooh. and he left me as a child. Wow! But and it, I'm thinking to myself, this shit is way too heavy for five fifteen on a Tuesday afternoon when all I want to do is stretch out some like intercostals. It's like, sweetie, I love you, but I'm not paying to hear your problems. No, exactly. I'm here to solve mine. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Time for five-star shout-out. Uh, please head to our little iTunes page, Paul and Rach, and put a little review down there. It does help us immensely. In we the... think of it as a digital <laughs> What? Did I beat that? Well, <laughs> well, I meant more so like your digit yes, is it... used to make an impression on us. That's exactly what I should have assumed that you meant. When but you, you beeped it, so nobody knows what I actually said. <laughs> you may infer from the description <laughs> what Paulie said. Think your old school 13-year-old self and your 13. standard move. 13? 13. That Somebody was... was an early starter. Really? <laughs> oh, I think for that business they were. <laughs> your parents, how could they? I know, I know. Mortified. Allow that and they weren't involved. I always used to call it around the, the, the code around the playground was the paddle pop stick because you kind of... Oh, what? By the way, <laughs> hand gesture, best ever. <laughs> So, uh, By the way, that would hurt. I know it does. That Sometimes would hurt. it does. Perhaps a little more. <laughs> you should have told these kids that. <laughs> when I was that age, all right, everybody was above board. I know, I know, I know. Uh, so a bit of a shout out to some of our uh, lovely podcast listeners who have uh, sent a message like, I was the Stig. I just found this podcast and I'm hocked. Oh, good on you. Welcome to the hocking. <laughs> I think you meant hooked, but I appreciate that you didn't change the spell check. Couldn't era. give a shit. If grammar, <laughs> spelling, a five-star review, I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll take it however you want to dish it Hot out. Hot and hard. Doesn't matter. If it's in another language, you know what? If we can't understand a word you are saying, let it be like one of those Chinese symbol tattoos, you know, <laughs> where people are walking around with, I'm a who thinks this says water on their arm instead of water. Correct. You can shove as many paddle pop sticks. <laughs> okay, we've got Marty is mad has said, I like it, but I wish it was on more often. Let's be honest, we can barely get it together once a week. <laughs> Look, we're more than happy. Uh, just we'll have to have a conversation, not about money. We're, we're, we're fine just hanging around. I mean, mm. sure, a million age, that's the going. Yeah, right? yeah. Generally yeah, these days. Could, uh, it's just if you could give us an eighth day in the week. Yeah. 
That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, great one. Add 6776. His comment is absolute gold, but I'm going to shout this one out for the title, which is The Boo in the Taxi. The Boo in the Taxi. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. It's been such a long time since we've heard that. Mm. And finally, to Caleb Wynn, uh, he said, They hate all the same things as me. Oh. Makes me smile listening to them rant about what is wrong with the world. God Good love on you, ya. Caleb. God love you. So if you want a little love from us, simple. Go to iTunes, five stars, uh, write a couple of words. Uh, look, if you want to use a real name, a lot of people, you know, Starfish24. <laughs> I mean, good luck to you. I don't quite understand how people's iTunes accounts can't just be Jeff. Exactly. But let's be honest, this is a conversation between you and us. Mm. So what you write on this page, we are going to read and we're going to shout it out. Give us something to play with, you know? In the past, we've had a few little things here where people have said something a little cheeky, said something a little funny, dropped a little something in. You can give us your favourite recipe for flapjacks. We don't mind what it is. Very good. Throw something down in the review column and we'll be having a little conversation back and And, forth. And, you know, for years, the listeners, many a dear listener, they want to see Rach's feet, they they, they want to hook up with Rach. Can just one (laughs) Sheila... Just one Sheila say, maybe it's not as bad as it seems. (laughs) See ya. See you next week. You're listening to Paul and Rach.